We're in this thing together. I want everybody in this place to know you are not alone. And you're not in this thing alone. But you've stepped into a family today. And we're just going to wrap our arms around you and say, come on, let's worship the Lord together. Let's live for the Lord together. Amen. Thank the Lord. Wasn't that a powerful presentation? How many know he's here? Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And we're thankful that he's here and we're thankful that you are here. And we want you to be right at home and to know that you are among family and among friends. And uh, we have come this morning to do the business of God. And, and it, is, it is serious business. The Lord has some things he wants to do in this place. And anything can happen in the presence of God. Anything can happen when his word goes forth. Anything can happen when the praises of his people ascend. Hallelujah. And we give him all the praise and the glory. We invite your attention this morning to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew chapter 2. The book of Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to begin reading from the first verse. I do want to say how good it is to see Sister Jordan here from Baltimore, Maryland. God bless her coming back home. I know Brother and Sister Jemison are happy to see her, as are we. And we're so thankful that she was able to, to be here today. Amen. Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. We're talking this morning about the birth of Jesus Christ. You may know that in this season, everybody's kind of talking about the fact that Jesus was born. As a matter of fact, that's what these decorations are here for. It's for the children's Christmas play. Don't worry, we're not moving. just want to make that clear. We're here to talk about the fact that Jesus came into the world. We thank God for his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his outpouring, and his coming again. But all of that was made possible because he was born. And they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasure, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning on this subject, seeing the star, but seeking the Savior. Seeing the star, but seeking the Savior. Could we just lift up our hands unto the Lord and receive his word into our hearts? Oh God, we pray that you will prepare our hearts, oh God, to receive your word. Lord, we are ready now to receive your word. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your word would go forth with clarity and with power. Lord, I pray that you will purify our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Oh God, as we make bare our soul for you to enter into our lives and speak the light of your truth. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will do it according to your great grace. According to your great glory. 
according to your great power and wisdom. We thank you for this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing and thank you again for being here this morning. This is an amazing account of wise, wise men who came from the east. They came from the east all the way to Jerusalem for to worship the king of the Jews. That's an amazing thing considering the fact some people don't like to get up out of bed and worship the king of the Jews. But these men, these men were were wise. They really truly were wise in the proper sense of the word. And, uh, And yet the reason that we call them wise is because of the of the 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 word that that is used to describe them the the word is magi anybody ever heard the word magi referring to these to these men Uh, the reason that that word magi is used it's connected to the word as we would use magician and these were considered wise men from the east or men of of understanding or even men it could be a broad definition of who these men were and what they represented and some have have wondered how in the world did they even know that a star would announce the arrival of the messiah and how did they know that this messiah would be the king of the jews Now, some scholars have pieced together what I think is a pretty logical idea of maybe an explanation. These men came from the east. You you do have to remember that the children of Israel spent a good deal of time in the east. They were captives in the east. and They were captive by the Babylonians. They were captive by the Persians. And one thing we know about the children of Israel is... Whenever they were dispersed or scattered or sent out from their homeland, they they did not waste that time. But they kept true to the promises of God. They held on to the faith that Messiah would come. And they even excelled in those areas where they were held captive. For instance, Daniel, who in his prophecies, he was very specific as to when Messiah would come. He brought it down into weeks and years, times and days, and said you can expect it to be all anywhere between the... I mean, he was specific. And he spent a great deal of time in the East. And not only did he spend a great deal of time in the east, but he was listed as one of the wise men. In fact, he was listed as greater than all of the other wise men. Because they might have been magical in the way that they approached trying to understand certain things, but that would fall short. Because you cannot divine your way into understanding God. You cannot cannot try incantations and chants and sorceries and understand the deep things of the Spirit. It is God who reveals. It is not man who concocts and conjures up. It is God who reveals. And so... When Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that nobody could give the interpretation to simply because Nebuchadnezzar did not know the dream. Usually he came out and said, okay guys, I had this dream, I need you to 
interpret this dream for me. I was walking down the street, and this car went by, and it was blue, and that's my favorite color. And, and he'd give them all these details, and they'd say, oh, well, the car represents this, and you walking down the sidewalk represents that, and the sidewalk. They had a bunch of material to work with. But, but when he comes to them and says, oh, I got a bad problem because I can't remember the dream. All I can remember is the feeling it gave me. So I need you all to tell me the dream, and when I hear it, I'll remember it. And they said, uh-oh, you have to give us a little more to work with than that. And, and, and they were exposed for the frauds that they were. But somebody said there is a captive of the Hebrews in whom is an excellent spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, no matter where you find yourself or what circumstances you face, always keep an excellent spirit. In whom is an excellent spirit? And, and then they falsely, because they didn't know any better, said that the spirit of the gods is in him. There's only one God. But Daniel walks into that throne room and says, he gives a preface to the whole thing. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, I want to explain to you before I begin. I want to, I want to explain. It is not by my wisdom that I'm going to do what I'm about to do. It is not by my power that I'm about to do what, what, what I'm going to do what I'm about to do. It is, it is because there is a God in heaven. And he reveals things to the children of men. And so the Visions of your head upon your bed are these. And he completely brought the dream back to the memory of Nebuchadnezzar and then gave the interpretation. It astounded Nebuchadnezzar. It confounded the wisdom of the wise men. It confounded the astrologers and the soothsayers. Nobody knew what to do with Daniel. And Daniel became a phenomenon in that Land of his captivity. He was, he was actually promoted to the position of governor. And, and in the days of Darius, the king of Persia, he was actually cast into a lion's den where he was surely going to die. But instead of dying, the angel of the Lord came down in the middle of the night. And shut the mouths of the lions and Daniel lived. And again the power and wisdom of the holy God of Israel was confirmed among the people. So Daniel was a, he was a phenom. He was, he was an amazing individual in, the, in the, the east if you please. And so it would stand to reason. That, that there were those who studied his words. That there were those who studied his writings. And, and, and it may be that he taught them even about the time that, that there was a star prophesied concerning the coming of Messiah. Maybe it was Daniel or, or who knows how they got in touch with this writing. It came from a very unlikely source. A man by the name of Balaam. Balaam who was for hire. He was hired to curse Israel. But when he went to curse Israel, he found he could not curse what God has blessed. We should never be afraid of the curse of the enemy because what God has blessed, no man can curse. And people ought to be careful when they try to curse the people of God because said, I will curse those who curse you. He said, I'll bless those who bless you. So, so Balaam was... was Balaam was, a, he was quite he, uh, uh, an individual. He was, he was not the greatest of Bible characters. Now, he, he was a character all right. But he was not the greatest, he didn't have the greatest character, I should say. He was willing to just do whatever was asked of him for the sake of money. But when he stood up on that mountaintop and looked down upon Israel and he opened up his mouth to pronounce a curse, a curse wouldn't come out. And he began to say things and see things he wasn't prepared to say or see. And he said, I, I don't know how to explain this, but I see a star rising out of Jacob. Oh, hallelujah. And you, you have to understand, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly if it was they were reading Daniel or they were reading Numbers and read, came across the, 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 
the, the prophecy of Balaam or, or maybe Daniel told them about the prophecy of Balaam. I don't know exactly how they came to their information. I do know they weren't what you call Bible scholars because they did not understand the prophecy of the prophet Micah. The prophet Micah said he will be born in Bethlehem. And they, they came to Jerusalem saying, all we know is that there's a star going to rise out of Jacob. All we know is that there's a king that's going to that's arise of the Jews. All we know is that there's a savior coming. All we know is that there is a Messiah on the rise. And, and we saw his star in the east and we dropped everything we were doing. We left our plans and we left our ambition and we left our positions and we left our possessions and we have come to Jerusalem for to worship him. Mm, hallelujah. I know they didn't know everything but they knew enough to say we don't know, we don't know, we don't know the location of his birth. We don't know that much about the Bible. But what we do know tells us he's coming. We do know he's the king. We do know that when he arrives, that he is to be worshipped. And so they left everything and they came all the way to Jerusalem. Folks, you have to admire that kind of faith. I said that kind of faith. You hear what I'm saying? Because, you know, they didn't just see the star and say, wow, this might be the this might be what Balaam was talking about. Remember, we've been reading the writings of Daniel, the prophet, who was amazing in Persia. He was amazing in Babylon. And he talked about that this is around the time where that the Messiah would come. And look, there's that big shiny star. Put two and two together. This might be the day. Oh, well, what's our tea time? Well, they didn't say that. They said, let's go. It's time to go. It's time to drop what we're doing. And it's time to seek the Savior. They, they, when, they, when they saw the star, you got to understand something. God does use the stars. God has a purpose for the stars. When he, and, and, and I will just tell you right out the gate, I don't understand the purpose of all the stars. The Bible does not lay it out to the point that we can plainly say what all of the stars mean. As a matter of fact, Job was telling his comforters about the constellations in the heavens and just explaining a few details about them. And it kind of got under God's skin. And God said, hey, since you know so much, how about you tell me who created them? What they mean. Because the reality, ladies and gentlemen, is that they, there is a statement. There is a purpose. We do not understand the statement. We don't understand the purpose. And it is not for us to divine the purpose of the stars. People look at the stars and try to study the stars. And they try to figure out all of these, all of these meanings of the stars. And how it will affect people on earth. And what month you were born in. And, and what the stars were doing when you were born. All of that is idolatry and witchcraft. Stay away from it. The children of God do not walk in those ways. God is the revealer and God is the one who gives us understanding. We don't have to look at the stars and try to divine. We are not divine. He is divine. Don't you let a spirit of divination get on you or a spirit of divination get in you. I don't care if you're born in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, or December 25th. You were made in the image of God. The stars didn't twinkle you into existence, and the moon didn't make you. You are His people and the sheep of His pasture. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. Don't you look in the newspaper and say, okay, well, let me see what's going to happen to me today. Am I going to get a raise or am I going to get a promotion? You're going to, come across, you're going to stumble across an ungodly devil that's going to start talking to you and possess the way that you think. You hear what I'm preaching to you. I'm sounding an alarm for somebody this morning. Don't, don't search for the stars. Search for the Savior. 
Don't try to figure it all out. Let me tell you how to figure it out. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him. And he. I said he. Shall direct your path. I don't care what the stars were doing when you were born. If you trust in the Lord. He'll direct your path. I don't care how much you have going against you or going for you. If you turn your back on God, it's not going to work out. But if you turn your face toward God, commit your way unto the Lord and he shall bring it to pass. When they saw the star, they didn't try to create a bunch of trajectories and try to, try to concoct some way of of understanding all things, they said there's only one way to figure out exactly what we need to do. It's time to go to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. If they had really known the scriptures, they'd have gone straight to Bethlehem. But they didn't know everything about the scriptures. They were not theologians. They were not scholars. They didn't have it all figured out. And you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand everything there is to understand about all things. You don't have to give a detailed exegesis on absolutely everything in order to find God. All you got to do is repent. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And may I remind somebody that the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are afar off. It's not reserved for those who have the right kind of a pedigree. It's not reserved for those who were born in the right month. It's not reserved for those who have it all figured out. Come unto me all ye. Oh, hallelujah. That word all in the Hebrew means all. And when you, when you, dealt, when you get down into the Greek, that word all means everybody. And when you go dig it up in the Latin and, and just excavate all of the meaning of that, it means anybody, everybody, whosoever will come out from among them and be you separate. Come on, I don't care how far you are from God. Come, come, come unto Jesus. Oh, oh glory. Oh, glory to God. But we're over here in the east. Drop what you're doing. But you don't know what I was raised in. Drop what you're doing. But you don't know what all I've been schooled in. Drop what you're doing. And come from the uttermost parts of the earth. Sell your possessions and follow Jesus. Cast your nets aside and follow Jesus. Forsake the old path and follow Jesus. Lay every weight down. Lay every sin down and follow Jesus. Seek the Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I pray that anybody and everybody... Who has seen your star will seek your faith. Because there are a lot of people who've seen the star, but they don't seek the Savior. They see it, it's out there, but it's elusive. And they don't know the details, and they don't understand what it means. But the star is shining. They don't know enough about the Bible. They don't know know enough about the Holy Ghost. They don't know enough about the blood of Jesus. But they see the star. But the star is elusive. It's far off. I want you to know that the stars, they're far off. The closest one is 4.2 light years away. It's like, it's like. It's like 25 
trillion miles away. Anybody ever jogged a mile? You know, we ought to go to a star for a walkathon. Man, we would just we'd pay off the national debt. We'd pay off. It takes, you can't, in other words, you can't get there. George Bailey told Mary, he said, what do you want, Mary? You want the moon? I'll lasso the moon. You ain't going to lasso a moon, George Bailey? You can't reach the moon, George Bailey? You can't throw some lasso. Man can't get a hold of the stars. The stars are bright and they're shining and they are, inex- they are, they are inexplicably there. They are undeniably there. You can't walk out into a clear night sky without acknowledging the stars that are in the sky. They're there whether you like it or not, they're there. Whether you believe it or not, they're there. They're there. David said, when I I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers and the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. They are, they stand as a testimony of things to come. God took Abraham out into the clear night sky And he said, Abraham, I want to show you something. Do you see the sands on the seashore? I do. He said, that's how innumerable your seed is going to be. Abraham, walk with me a little further. Do you see the stars in the sky? He said, I see them. He said, can you number them? I cannot number them. That's how innumerable your seed is going to be. I want you to know today that the blessings of the Lord are true. And the promises of God are sure. And the eternity that God has prepared for us is glorious and great and bright and shining and wonderful. But you can't reach the star. You need a Savior. Come on, your school teacher can tell you all they want. Reach for the star. You'll never reach them. You'll never get a hold of them. I hate to be elder downer this morning, but but you cannot lasso the moon. You can't reach the stars. You can search for them all you want. You can try to figure them out all you want. But I've come to tell you, there is a plan for them. There is a purpose for them. They are there by the handiwork of God. God has a perfect plan. But you and I will never be able to understand it without Jesus. And we'll never be able to step into it without Jesus. We'll never be able to go there get there without Jesus what you need is a savior what you need is a messiah they said we see the star well what do we do well let's go set us up a nice big observatory let's build us a big observatory and figure this thing out no go to Jerusalem go to Jerusalem but, but, but he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Well, they know that, but we don't know that. All we know is we've got to get to Jerusalem. And if we can get to Jerusalem, then we can figure out where Bethlehem is. Oh, hallelujah. The significance of Jerusalem. And it seemed like God was always telling people, go to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem. See, that's what he told his disciples. When his disciples were bewildered because he had been crucified. And they wanted him like everybody else wanted him. They wanted him to, to ride in on a big white stallion and, and, and take over the Roman government. And now all of a sudden he's crucified and he's buried. Then he rises from the dead and he makes him, shows himself alive by many infallible proofs and he says now listen I'm getting ready to ascend into the heavens and I'm going to go away but just as surely as I go away I will come again and receive you unto myself and they said well what are we supposed to do because we can't figure it all out we always followed you we don't know where to go from here he said I'll tell you where to go from here go tarry in Jerusalem 
until you be endued with power from on high. Because I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you and I will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. It will bring to your mind the remembrance of every word that I have spoken. It shall be in you a quickening spirit. Hallelujah. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall, if it is in you, quicken your mortal body. So go to Jerusalem. You know what I'm telling you to go today? I'm telling you to go to Jerusalem. I'm not telling you to go book a flight to Tel Aviv and take a shuttle bus to that beautiful old city. You sure, certainly ought to do that. That's an awesome experience. But that's not what I mean. Because the Bible, remember I said high praises refers to spiritual praises. When the Bible talks about things high or things above, it's referring to spiritual things. So when the Bible says Jerusalem, which is above, is the mother of us all. Oh, hallelujah. I'm feeling it, folks. I'm feeling it. Because what I'm telling you to do is to get into the body of Christ. What I'm telling you to do is get into the house of God. Come into the household of faith. Let me break it on down. I'm telling you to turn from your wicked ways. Let me tell you again. I'm going to tell you like Peter commanded them in Cornelius' house. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me make it abundantly clear. Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You want to know where Jesus is? Be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will show you all things. The Holy Ghost will take you wherever you need to go. If you don't need to go there, the Holy Ghost won't take you there. Oh, hallelujah. See now, see, now what I've done now is I've started to magnify God. I've started to preach about the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now I'm going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And what I've done is I've stirred up the gift that is in me. So now all bets are off on what's going to happen now. I don't even know if I get to finish this message. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and how he set me free. Something begins to stir on the inside. Something begins to stir in the inside. And the Holy Ghost says, I'll tell you where to go next. Go to Bethlehem. I'll tell you what to do next. Open your treasure. I'll tell you what to do next. Bring him your gold and bring him your frankincense and bring him your myrrh. Gold that needs to be tried in the fire. What do you have of great value? Bring it to Jesus and let him sanctify it and purify it. That frankincense and myrrh, those are resins. Those are saps off of trees. Bring it to Jesus. What part of you was broken? Bring the residue of your brokenness. And lay it down. Oh, hallelujah. Don't just bring him your praise. Bring him your praise and bring him your pain. Don't just bring him your worship. Bring him your worship and bring him your questions. Don't just bring him. You hear what I'm telling you? Bring him everything. Bring him your dysfunctional home. Bring him your, your abuse as a victim. Bring him, ladies and gentlemen. Bring him your mistakes. And bring him your failures. And bring him your repentance. And bring him your humility. And bring him your brokenness. And bring him your contrition. He is God. He is your creator who became your savior. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I know you can see the star, but you can't, you can't get to the star without a Savior. John was, was carried into the holy city.
moving around among the stars. See, see, that, that's, that, that's really what, what we do when we deify people. We call them a star. We call them superstar. All star. It's worship. We're deifying them. Revelation 21, John is, John is going to interact with, with the real star. The bright and the morning star. Glory. The day star. I have to shout by myself. The scripture said, I saw a new heaven. Come on, I'm, I'm just going to put some stars up here for you to see, okay? Just look at these stars and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Not old Jerusalem, but New Jerusalem. Hallelujah, coming down from God out of heaven. And as a bride adorned for her husband, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself oh hallelujah shall be with them I want to say that again God himself he does not send another he does not delegate that relationship to somebody else there is none beside him he is God and God alone I alone am the Lord and beside me there is no savior Hallelujah. Glory. Uh, you, know what I, you know what I love? I love that when Herod didn't know the answer, where is the king of the Jews? He knew where to go. Get in that Old Testament and tell me where Jesus is. And the chief priest and the scribe said, the word said, Bethlehem. See, you need to stop looking at all the other stuff you're looking at as you look for answers. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You look in the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord will tell you, God himself shall be with them, and God will be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. The Lord just gave me a revelation on that scripture. Because we say that and we think that means we won't cry anymore. No, no. He said he's going to wipe away all tears. That means every tear that you've ever shed. Oh, I feel you, Jesus. Every tear that you have ever shed. God is going to go back to that tear and the purpose for which it was shed. And he's going to wipe it away. Listen, you can look around at the calamity all about you. You can look at all the suffering that goes on around. And I'm telling you, look at the star. Look, look, look at the star. There's a star shining that says God will go back to every tear and every point of suffering and every calamity and every broken circumstance and deal with it and make it right and bring it into fullness and wipe all tears from their eyes God's going to do that I said God's going to do that look at the star look at the star I know it's a beautiful promise and it's a beautiful star and you want it but you can't get there without a savior not enough to see the star it's not enough to say oh heaven's going to be great you, 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 you and I aren't going Without Jesus. I'm not playing when I say be baptized. I'm not not playing when I say repent. I'm not playing when I say except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We're not playing games when we say that the, the lost and the ungodly will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can't get to those stars without a savior. not so much that the star is there it's it's where is the savior i can't reach the star i need the savior where is this 
Jesus, born King of the Jews. And when they came to Jesus, guess what they saw? They saw the star. When you find Jesus, you'll find that elusive star. You'll find that elusive peace. You'll find that elusive joy. Oh, glory to God. You'll find it. When you find the Savior, that's when you'll find the star. It's not the other way around. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder, if, I wonder if somebody could slip a hand and up to heaven right now and say, I need you, Jesus. Well, glory to God. Come on, that's it. That's it. But you don't know what I did. I don't got to know what you did. I know what he did. But you don't know where I've been. I don't have to know where you've been. I know where he's been. But you don't know my heart. I don't have to know your heart. I know his heart. But, I, but you don't know what I've been called. I don't have to know what you've been called. I know what he's called. He is wonderful. He is the counselor. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the great I Am, the Lamb for sinners slain. He is the King of all kings. He is the Savior of all mankind. I want everybody who knows they need a Savior to lift your hands to the Lord right now and lift your voice unto Him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, all across this building, lift up your hands unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is here. He is here. The Savior is here. The Savior, which is Christ the Lord, He is here. The Savior, which is Christ the Lord, He is here. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glo glory to God. Go ahead, stand with me right now in the presence of God. You know why we have to build a new building? You know why we're ready now? Folks, we're not just ready now. We're ready two years ago. Five years ago. We're ready ASAP. You know why we need a new building? Because there are so many coming from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. And they're saying, we saw the star. Now we're looking for the Savior. We see the star. We see the star. We don't know much about, about the Bible. We don't know all there is to know. But we do know we need peace. We do know we want to know what love is. We do know we're tired of weeping at night and we need the joy of God to flood our soul. There's, yeah, they've seen the star. It's time for us to point them to the Savior. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I feel your presence. Come on right now, let's lift a praise unto God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. I'll never forget. I'll never forget walking into a restaurant that we had been to a, many times at my hometown in Kokomo, Indiana. It was, just, it was just down the street and to the right. Pull out of the church parking lot, go to the first intersection, turn right, and there the restaurant was on the left-hand side. We go in there, eat Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and the, 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 the server who waited on us several times she had waited on us several times there was a pretty pronounced language barrier and so, so the greetings and the exchanges were always very casual and very uh, quick you know, loving but quick and I remember the, the day that I decided we needed to invite her to church and I said we want you to come to our church sometime she wasn't from America, and she, she in, her, in her broken English, said, What is church? And I thought, well, I thought that was a universal word. 
she is a, a, a block and a half from the church. Let me tell you what the church is. The spirits of just men made perfect. The city of our God, the heavenly Jerusalem. An innumerable company of angels, a great cloud of witnesses, the general assembly of the firstborn, the blood-washed multitude, the bride of Christ. This is the church, and she's a block and a half from it, and she doesn't know what the meaning of the word is. And she's interacting with them week after week. I said the church is where we, we worship the Lord. She said, the Lord. I said, Jesus. She said, who is Jesus? Oh, folks. We don't have any idea how many there are who have seen the star but don't know the Savior. We don't know how many God has appeared to saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. We don't have any idea how many he said how often I would gather you but you would not I wonder if there's somebody who could seek the Savior afresh today oh I feel the presence of my God and King in the name of Jesus I don't know what is stirring your soul this morning I don't know if it's an if it's a conviction where you feel God moving on your heart to repent if that's you come in the name of Jesus I don't know if it's a lost loved one that you are burdened for right now and you know that they're facing trials that could be a make or break situation I want you to come right now I don't know if you've become cold in your walk with God and you need a brand new touch of the Holy Ghost. If that's you, I want you to come right now. I don't know if you're facing the trials of life and don't know the outcome and you're worried of what could happen. I want you to come right now in the name of Jesus. Don't be content looking at the stars and the promises and the blessings. Seek the Savior. Find the Savior. And find new life for your soul. For in the sanctuary, God is there is a sweet, there is a sweet anointing in the sanctuary. There is a stillness in the
Comfort and deliverance. 